Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host, Chris, here with Ro. We're here to review The Exorcist Believer. When two girls disappear in the woods, into the woods, and return three days later with no memory of what happened to them. The father, when the girl seeks out Chris uh, McNeil, who has been forever altered by what happened to her daughter 50 years ago. It is directed by David Gordon Green. Why do I know that name? Um, and it stars Ellen uh, Burstein, uh, Linda Blair, Jennifer Nettles. Uh, what do you think of this film? Uh, just to start out, you know the name David Gordon Green because he is the one who has come back and done Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. He also did Pineapple Express. Yes. Yes. You okay over there? I know I said some words you don't like. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I you know what? I'm feeling like I might have. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. So, um, the Exorcist Believer is good and also not good. Um. David Gordon Green comes up with a really good story by. Um, he knows how to lay it out. The girls he cast, Olivia O'Neill as Catherine and Lydia Jouette as Angela, um, they, they're perfect casting. They, they feel age appropriate. They feel just enough um, naive and sweet and you know, open to doing something ridiculous. Leslie Odom Jr. plays Victor Tanner, Angela's father, and he does a great job. He's an interesting character. The movie opens up in a really smart way, um, but the pace is a little slow, but I didn't mind that because it's, one, it's a possession movie, and two, it's got a very similar pace to the original Exorcist. Um, there are a lot of great elements that are to be had here. And um, he sets up a juxtaposition between Leslie Odom Jr. and as Victor and his daughter, Angela, and Catherine and her parents. Um, her mother's played by Jennifer Nettles, who is, ironically enough, she's a pretty good actress. I keep forgetting that. Um, and then her husband. And they're, you know, they're more of the, quote, nuclear family. They've got a couple of kids. They're very, um, and they do a lot of show, which is very smart here. So you get to kind of see how their dynamic between the parents and the kids is before anything happens to them. And then taking a page out of how modern horror movies have really kind of a, approached the, the occult, the girls go into the woods and do a dumb ceremony. Um, and it opens them up to evil. All of that is laid out beautifully. It's 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 dense. It's got atmosphere. It builds up tension. But then they do a tension break, and it's it's a bad it's a bad call. And from that point, about midway through the early part of the second a second act of the movie you just keep seeing tension breaks and these bad calls. Um, David Gordon Green didn't know enough about the, con the, the elements of spirituality that he wanted to kind of bring together, which meant he couldn't stick the landing in the third act. And 
this is seems to be the year where I didn't dislike a movie. I enjoyed a movie, but I have a lot of criticism for the movie. Um, there are elements in this movie of spirituality that come from Haiti, that come from um, uh, the root workers in the South. Uh, he opens the door to um, different forms of Protestantism and, you know, um, you know, more outside of the quote norm Catholic. And that's why you're seeing a lot of people saying, oh, possession, it's not just for Catholics anymore. It never was. And that's kind of the direction that he wanted to take with this movie. Like, you know, talk about the concept of faith and belief and community. But the same way he did where he brought back a legacy character in the Halloween movies and then it becomes readily apparent that their point is because he wanted to have them wax poetic about some philosophical point he has. He does it again with Ellen Burson as Chris McNeil, which is uh, disappointing because she is the mother from the original Exorcist. Um, and there's no real, there's no real grounding that makes logical sense to what he uses her for in this movie. He has her do something consummately stupid that someone who's gone through an exorcist and confronted a literal-ass demon would never freaking do. Um, he has her do too much talking, and they don't have her integrating and acting too much. Then Anna Dowd is in the movie, and she's playing uh, the opposite end of the character. And quite frankly, she's doing a lot of the things that they should have had Chris McNeil doing. Um uh, then it, it becomes abundantly clear that as much as he may have really thought through putting together what this town was going to look like and building the atmosphere around these girls and taking into the, you know, to consideration the idea of what happens when children go missing and a town mobilizes and, you know, the minor squabbles that can happen between parents, you know, plus you've got a father who's lost his wife and he's now a single father raising his child. And you, we, the audience, know how he lost his child. Uh, how he lost his mother, her mother. And all of those elements come together in the third act and they take part in the, the, the exorcist that's put together. But he didn't, he didn't go ten toes down and think and research and talk through enough this other, the spiritual elements that he wanted in the movie. Like a lot of the stuff that he has done is like surface catholic shit that you can probably get from reading a, an, an article i don't know yeah it's my understanding that he was presbyterian and then he was some other kind of uh christian but he's not catholic and i don't think that he really took the time to learn what he needed to learn in order to to to, to capitalize on the legacy movie the exorcist because he barely he barely includes the appropriate elements there and he has people make you know highly tragic and fatal mistakes they would never make if he had done the research he would have had to come up with some other way to bring in the element he wanted because just the simple fact of what they're supposed to do during an exorcism would have made what he had them do never happen um he he has a again he has a root worker who comes in here and is very smart the way he plays it because he represents it in a in a far more positive and far more rational fashion than it's usually represented. And it's played by a black woman and she acknowledges um, the legacy of where she's coming from. But he doesn't really explain or he doesn't have anybody who explains 
how these other things manifest in these other faiths and why it is people are there. It's like, I left the movie theater and a friend of mine went with me and he's like, I couldn't understand what that one guy was doing there and why he would even be there. And I was like, have you ever never heard of the concept of standing in faith? He's like, no. I said, okay. And that's when I realized that there are a lot of these failings in the movies. And it's, it's a shame because um, they were doing good and I was, I was fully invested. There's, there's a couple of jump scares and the way that he makes you know that, that something's wrong with these girls. Uh, there's actually one moment in here where they have the lights turn off and then they come back on and they've done one of those moves somebody abruptly uh, where I actually said out loud in the theater, this bitch. And I said, absolutely not. She got to get out of my house. That's how well they were doing. And I just feel like the exorcist fell prey to um, the idea that the formula of how you're supposed to make a, a possession movie scary and the jump scares and the turns and the twists and the spookies and the woos and when's the cross going to turn upside down or catch fire. Some of those things started to be a little, he didn't understand that the reason why they resonate so well is when you do it right, when you build the story, when you have all the pieces together, it's, it's disturbing as hell. And you don't need to do anything else. You don't have to talk past the point and it will scare the shit out of people. Um, and then some of the ways that they visually tried to demonstrate uh, that the girls were possessed worked really well. And then of course they gave in to um, the modern desire to do some things with CGI and VFX, and I think they were doing far better when they stuck to uh, the practical effects. So I enjoyed The Exorcist Believer. Uh, it could have been better. I believe that the failure in that falls um, with David Gordon Green. I think this is actually also going to be a deeply ironic upset for him because I saw Saw at 10 or X, and that's that's how you come back with a uh a, a uh it's not really a prequel since saw x happens between the first and the second saw and exorcist believer is supposed to be a contemporary pickup but either way this is that's better how you go back to a legacy franchise if you want to revitalize it i don't think that this movie is so bad that they shouldn't continue with the trilogy that he's upset to do they left a lot of strings that can be pulled in really interesting ways. It's just after seeing what he did with the second and third in the Halloween trilogy, I don't think he has the chops. He's got great ideas. I just don't think he should be the one to write them. Here's the difference, though. He wrote the first Halloween, right? In that trilogy? Mm hmm Yes, here's the problem. He started off good with that when it went downhill. Right. I mean, I hear what you're saying now, but this is a 22% of Rotten Tomatoes, bro. He ain't, getting, he ain't getting the he ain't getting the next two. They spent forty million, four hundred million dollars to get the franchise. Oh, they may, I'm they sorry, may let him do one. I'm sorry, excuse me. They, they, they did what now? You heard me. <laughs> the millions. Who, who the fuck? Paid? Four and a couple of zeros to who, get their hands on who, the Exorcist who is, franchise. Who is who is who is they? The people who backed him. Jeez, I'm in the wrong business. I need to get into the scamming. I mean, the, the movie business. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I don't think David Gordon Green is a scammer. What I think is, is he doesn't, I think he's got commitment issues. I think that he flinches. I think that he gets in and he has this idea and, you know, he, he, he wants to do these things and he's very talented, but 
he doesn't know where his lane is. So he starts playing around with all these things and he doesn't commit to them. This movie fails because it doesn't meet the standard of what is new modern horror movies with possession stories. And it doesn't give you the nostalgic feel of the original Exorcist. It, 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 it finds it somewhere in the middle and that's not good enough. And then, you know, I told you, I enjoyed it. I didn't say, I, I, it's not a bad movie. It's just not good enough. And I'm not surprised that it's taking a beating on Rotten Tomatoes because it also, it also makes a reprehensible use of the legacy material in the story of how it chose to integrate it. And it was the stupidest way to do it. And it's because he's got this philosophical thing that he's going on. You remember in the Halloween movie where he just randomly has Jamie Lee Curtis start giving that damn fucking soliloquy out of nowhere? Well, I mean, that was the whole thing of the second one that he did where it was just like, it was all the townspeople. And I'm sorry, it was the townspeople. And then the last one where it was like, Michael was too weak to do anything because he got... You know, right? Um, why am I? He's got. See, you're some, bringing this. You're bringing memories back. You're bringing memories back. Sorry, and this is I'm not sorry. good. He's got. He's got some philosophical thing that he's working out, and he's doing it in these movies, and the and it's 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 un it's unfortunate because there was a really good story here. He had a good idea for why he came back, and I just really wish William Friedkin had decided to possess him halfway through this movie, and that's terrible. Because I don't think that should have been necessary. He had, he had something. And he flinched. And yeah, you take a beating. You take a beating in the critic and the audience scores when you do that. Because you don't serve either one. People are going to be confused about certain things. I had this white man walk up to me. And yes, it is important that y'all know that he was white. Because um, that, that, that a white man is the only kind of man who has a kind of hubris uh, to do this, uh, I was standing there waiting to give comment to the PR reps. And I was talking to my friend and the rep who wasn't taking comments. We were just chatting. And this white man starts coming up to me and he's like, yeah, you know, well, what do you think about how he didn't really develop the white family and, you know, all those weird African voodoo uh, elements that were in the movie? I said, excuse me? I said, first of all, it's root work and hoodoo Second of all, that was Port-au-Prince, Haiti. That ain't Africa. The fuck? And I feel like on one level, David Gordon Green didn't do much more research in to bringing that element into this movie than that white man did in paying attention to what was presented. And that's a problem for me. Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It's like you've got a skeptic and you've got true believers and it's supposed to be this idea and he never gives us enough. So yeah, he's taking a beating. But again, I mean, if you're going back and you're watching movies that are legacy films, um, I saw three. I, I saw I saw The Exorcist Believer, um, which is fair to Midland. And if I had to give it a score, I guess I would give it... I guess I'd give it a a five. It I did am... better than I thought it would do, but it didn't. It's oh. nothing. It's nothing really to write home about. But it's not as bad as people are saying. But it's because people went in there with preconceptions, and honestly, it's not going to serve anybody's. But if you're doing legacy films, um, I'm not doing a full review on it. But if you haven't seen the latest Saw, it's actually really good. 
I mean, I it's the, set I between... The, I saw the reviews yes. on it. I was like, oh, I kind of want to see this shit. I kind of want to see it. Although I missed, like, the last, like... I, I, like, Motherfucker uh, died. The Saw movie? Yeah, I, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a Saw movie, but I, I, I missed, like, three or four of them. Cause they just, Have they you kept, seen one and two? I mean, I saw one and two, so... That's all you need. This movie is set between one and two. Oh, that's perfect then. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. You get you get full you get a full uh involvement in the life of the person who ends up as Jigsaw. He's clearly he's Jigsaw when this movie takes place, but he's not so far down the rabbit hole. And they bring back Amanda Smith, so you get to see his apprentice, that crazy bitch, um, before she goes completely off the rails later in the movies and starts deviating from his plan, blah 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 blah. But it's got drama. It's got um, it's got depth. It's got a smart story. Um, it it goes into him being ill, and 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 before you know, before he he's chasing a trying to chase a cure so he doesn't die. Uh, they they go back to some logical connection between the game he forces his victims to play and the you know the challenge they have the best it's directly related to a harm that was done to him and that's how he designed the trap for them uh but it yeah no but it's does all it's got the twist it's got the turn it's got the final haha fuck you all of it like down to the sound score and everything so if you're doing legacy franchises unfortunately for david gordon green uh saw saw 10 yeah they did that they did that well I also saw um, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a minute. So when you leave this one, hop over to the next review, which would be Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. But yeah, I, I, I strongly suggest you see the, the newest Saw. You don't have to be caught up on the franchise, Chris. That's good to know. So. It actually might be better if you're not. Okay. Um, well, there you guys have it. That is a review for uh, Exorcist Bloodlines. So, you check out the rest of the review. No, Exorcist Believer. I'm sorry, Exorcist <laughs> Believer. I'm over thinking about Bloodlines. Exorcist Believer. You can find the rest of the reviews on movie trailer reviews uh, on, uh, on uh, mtrnetwork.net and on movie trailer reviews on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Actually, not Stitcher because Stitcher's fucking gone. So, I'll just go to the site. So finder, sad. So, I know. So they just did they sell themselves or something? Do we know? I, so didn't Stitcher got like it got bought by somebody and then it just went? I don't know. It 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 was it was it actually got to be trash. I can say it now. It was trash for a while. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, but um, I feel like they did that on purpose. Like they bought it because they wanted something from it, and then they just let it die. Probably. So. Okay, folks. Uh, again, thank you very much, and check us out. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>